Broadcasting live from the Zimmer Communications World Headquarters. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Get ready, pal. We're back on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. It's Jennifer Pupikowski sitting in along with Taylor Burks, former Boone County Not Circuit Taylor Clark. Swift. Not yeah, Taylor sorry Swift. Sorry to disappoint everyone. It's not Tay-Tay. Not on the <laughs> Chiefs. But, uh... So, last week, there was a congressional hearing over anti-Semitism, and three college presidents were uh, testifying at that committee. Elise Stefanik was, uh, by a lot of accounts, the star of that hearing, and SNL, Saturday Night Live, decided to do a skit that was just so hilarious. I was rolling on the floor laughing. It was just so, so funny. Or not. <laughs> not. Here is a quick clip from it that was arguably the only almost funny part of the whole uh, cold open skit from Saturday. The chair recognizes gentleman from Michigan. Thank you. I yield my time back to Miss Stefanik. <laughs> Damn it! I'm here today because hate speech has no place on college campuses. Hate speech belongs in Congress, on Elon Musk's Twitter, in private dinners with my donors, and in public speeches by my work husband, Donald Trump. <laughs> so, Dr. Gay, simple question. Chair, the chair. Uh, that skit came out just hours after. Uh, there was a resignation by the Penn president over the reaction to anti-Semitism and her testimony in um, Congress last week. They felt donors felt like she was not clear enough that she thinks calls for genocide of Jews are wrong and violate and would violate the student code of conduct. But to be fair. Uh, the Harvard president, who I'm no big fan of, Claudine Gay, said it depends on the context. If they're just college kids saying from the river to the sea, yes, that's actually a call to eliminate the Jews mm-hmm. from Israel. But are these kids smart enough to even know that? What mm. do you think, Taylor? No, oh, I, I doubt it. 100 yeah. percent. I think that uh, hearing what a lot of college students think and and the one inch depth of knowledge that they have on yeah. the issues is... ask them what river you know <laughs> Which what river? sea <laughs> and, and what other countries are they living you know the jews just having going to synagogue peacefully none yeah. none of them that would yeah. be so i don't know that all of these kids like how do you define calling for genocide so i do think that the context is important and i'm torn on this one too because i'm a free speech absolutist mm-hmm. And I think it's good to know who these people are. Mm-hmm. Like, let them say. Yeah, let expose the themselves. ideas. Yeah. Uh, debate the, you know, go through the logic and, and the discourse and expose bad ideas with free speech. Don't don't cover it up. Don't silence that. There's no there's no benefit to that, because then that's where you create the conspiracy theorists of, uh, oh, maybe they're they're speaking the truth. Maybe uh, maybe there is something to what this person said. And uh, this whole country and Jen, you and I agree on this issue wholeheartedly. Uh, this country was founded on those principles because of the power of uh, logic and reason and good ideas to come to the fore. Yeah. So if if there is harassment of Jewish students, like they're having to hide because they're being they're threatening behavior, obviously that's going to be a violation right. of a code of conduct. There should be discipline. But like I said before the break, they've gotten a bad habit of thinking that the world needs to know their opinion mm-hmm. on different news stories as right. they occurred. Like that's not the university president's job to weigh in on George Floyd or 
whatever else. Right. There's a, a university Trayvon statement Ma- for I- everything that comes out, yeah. everything that, that rises to uh, a news article or, or level of a, a national attention. And so um, it's I, I think that we're on the same page, too. Like, why are these university presidents becoming commentators on every national issue that comes yeah. up? Yeah. And you you've represent a huge campus filled with professors and students that aren't all going to agree on yeah. some controversial news stories. So the best thing would be to just not weigh in with an official university letter with their position because you're not going to really be reflecting 100% of your people and to stay out of it unless it's happening on your campus. Do your job. Be an administrator. Run the campus. Don't be, you know, uh, diversity on campuses is only appreciated unless it's diversity of thought, (laughs) in which case you have to conform to the party line when it comes to uh, faculty and staff. Yeah, and we're like overvaluing diversity. Victor Davis Hanson pointed out like unity is Uh important, too. And a lot of this DEI stuff has done nothing but divide people, unfortunately. So anyway, Brian Houseworth sitting here patiently, but I had to get those thoughts sure. off before we get back to our other stories. What's going on, Brian? You know, I think the uh, we're waiting on some murder charges uh, could could or could not be filed this morning involving a Columbia murder suspect. Uh, this this Williamson for a murder that happened on uh, either Friday night or late uh, late Friday night or early Saturday morning. We're not sure when the victim actually died. His name is John Williamson III, the woman who was killed, 27-year-old Azaria Brownlee. Don't know how she was killed. We know from our news partner, ABC 17's Stephanie Andre, that she left behind a daughter, and they released purple balloons uh, for her yesterday um red weir uh is closing in columbia i think there's going to be a lot of interest in that people are already weighing in on our 93.9 the eagle facebook page but honestly guys i think and maybe it's good because we've had just some awful news this weekend with the murder and i was in court friday with the uh, the fentanyl murder suspect the uh what i think i see people talking about right now is the the chiefs game yesterday um, between the the Chiefs and the Bills, and uh, Mahomes just really, mm-hmm. really was was upset. Um, yeah, I got to tell you, and I'm sure our, some of our fans won't appreciate. It. I'm just going to call it straight down the line. Kadarius Tony was offsides, folks, mm. and there is no question about that. You can argue whether or not Von Miller uh, should have been called or this and that, but. Uh, he was, and he shouldn't have been. And um, but, but you know, some fans will come back and say, "Well, they didn't call it both ways." Maybe so, but the, that's it's a shame. And Mahomes was very, very upset. CBS on their television broadcast yesterday, Nance said something like, "You know, the has he lost control of the team?" Talking about Andy Reid. What was a little misleading about that is it almost looked like Mahomes was yelling at his teammates, but it, he was actually yelling at an official. But um, you know whether or not you see it a lot. A lot of times, I'm going to tell you that was an offside. His foot was on the the blue line, and uh, now, just Brian, a real shame. What do you think of the folks saying that there's usually a warning for that type of call before they throw the flag? I've never heard of such a thing about a warning. Um, in fact, a lot of fans haven't. Uh, Mahomes said that they used or used to doing that, and I saw a lot of surprise to that. If that's the case, I mean, they don't know. I've, I've never heard of such a thing to, to give a warning on that. The referee um, th- through the pool in, in Gene, I can't think of his last name, Gene, the rules expert, Hannah, that was on the telecast yesterday, which is really good to have him there. 
he pointed he i believe he called it egregious i think it's probably a little strong i don't know if it was egregious but it, but he appeared to be offside and it was uh, such a bummer because they went on to have such a cool play we saw a lateral exactly. pass from travis kelsey yes <laughs> and it ended up not counting and it was a bummer yeah it was it was it andy reed did pipe up after the game and said he was he was upset that they didn't get a warning about about Tony's potentially being offside. And can we talk about how Travis Kelsey threw a perfect spiral? Oh, that was a heck of a <laughs> heck of a throw to, to Tony. And, and some people, yeah, and, and guys are bringing up some very good points. Um, Kadarius Tony's taken some heat, too, online um, from Chiefs fans are saying cut him or whatever. Uh, and one former player actually said, you know, maybe, and he's not being facetious, maybe get his eyes checked. I mean, it could be that he has an eye problem. I don't know, but... You gotta, as, as a receiver, you gotta be uh, just mindful of that. But it does seem like that is getting a lot, a lot of attention. Um, the Chiefs can still win the division. I think they're going to go to the playoffs. We'll just see what happens. But in my opinion, Kadarius Tony was offsides. Well, I have very strong thoughts on that because I totally understand what offsides means in football, but I'll have to reserve my opinions because they're too controversial. <laughs> but we do have a caller who wants to weigh in. Sure. Sam is on line one. Sam, welcome to the show. Well, good morning. I'm certainly not the level of athletic supporter that uh, Brian is. But that being said, is it time to think about maybe benching Mahomes and starting Brian uh, and starting Blaine Gabbert? You know, I don't know. Um, I, of course, I'm tongue-in-cheek. Sure, sure. Uh, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, but you yeah. know, we moan and groan. We've had, what, two two Super Bowl victories? Yeah, yeah. You know, you lose a few games. Hey, I'm a football Cardinal fan. Yes. I remember when Billy Bidwell took the Cardinals to the desert in 1987. Yep. So to have anything better than watching the Cardinals get beaten year after year after year after year is, you know, we need to just kind of rein it in a little bit. Absolutely. You're spot on. And those were some good, good teams with Jim Hart and Mel Gray and Roy Green. And, yeah, you bring up some great memories, my friend. I heard him call you an athletic supporter, which yeah, exactly, Don Don Coria, yeah, and I, you know, I think I think he brings up a a good point about being appreciative, but there are you know, and and you don't win every game, you, yeah, you don't, that's right, you, you don't, but it is. Uh, Especially when Taylor Swift took all that time to be there. Her record is sullied now, too, after yesterday. And some people are complaining about her, you know, but I, again. I love it. People love to complain about successful women. It's nothing new. Well, uh, it's successful Taylors in general. We we stand in solidarity. (laughs) I am willing, though, for the Chiefs to test my own luck if they want to bring me out, put me in a box. (laughs) See if I can Blaine Gabbard's back. back. Exactly. Exactly. But Mahomes had a, what people forget is he had a tremendous career at Texas Tech. And I did all his scoreboards down at Learfield out of Jefferson City. And he wasn't all that successful in college as a team, as a player. He put up some incredible numbers, but they would, they'd, they'd lose games 70 to 60. They had no defense, 65 to 60. Um, so he's, you know, he lost, he lost games, but I don't, I don't ever remember him being that angry that I, that I saw last night. Maybe it was the camera angle, but uh, but we'll see. Bottom line is, you move on and uh, and and think about the next game. But people are certainly talking about that. And um, I'll tell you what this 
this Columbia protest, Jen, you mentioned it, the, the teachers union. Um, yeah. I still don't quite understand. Taylor, you weighed in, too. I don't understand what that, that was all about because they've done this before. This, this is not coming the first, up tonight, right? Well, I don't know when they're going to protest, but they they have done. This is the second time they've tested a system at Hickman, and they're going to be doing that here in about fifteen minutes again. So, so we'll see. But I, you know, the um, I take it the union is upset with or maybe dis- disappointed. I'm not sure with the administration, but um, it, it's a weapons detection system. That's that's and it. the teachers are upset about. I don't know exactly what they're. I don't know what their beef is. I would I would say, and, and Jen hit this on the, the head to start with, if you are protesting and people don't know what you're protesting, maybe it's an ineffective <laughs> protest. <laughs> maybe they don't know what they're protesting. We're just mad. <laughs> yeah. It is bizarre. Like, that's not a normal thing. Yeah. Like, no, we're going to have a, a protest, but we're not telling you why. <laughs> it's it's something secret. to do because we might sue you, but... Uh, Yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and see on that. All right, we'll come back with a morning bell and more topics make it into little foreign news next on Wake Up Mid-Missouri on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Text the crew at 874-9390. Warning, everyone on the show can read your texts. All right, it's Jennifer Bukowski filling in and with Taylor Burks, who's going to tell us what's happening with the morning bell. Taylor, take it away. Yeah, it looks like stocks are opening up pretty mixed, slow week on Wall Street while we wait for the Fed uh, final uh, Fed meeting of the year where they will decide to uh, keep interest rates where they've been. Uh, we also see that the SEC is continuing their conversation with uh, these Bitcoin exchange traded funds. Uh, they met with Fidelity on Friday, uh, BlackRock, Grayscale, a number of applicants for these exchange traded funds, which has been the mover behind Bitcoin over the last couple of months. A pretty significant fall in Bitcoin uh, last night and this morning. Down over 5% when it was approaching uh, around $44,000 per Bitcoin. So uh, not a whole lot expected on Wall Street after a solid labor report on Friday. And that's where we are right now. Well, bad news. 4.5% on Bitcoin. Mm-hmm. We were just talking this weekend about how it was so up. But I think it's a long-term Good yeah, fact. that's you need to have patience with it, though. That's the thing, and I I think a few times when I've been on uh, a guest for like Travis Fitzwater when he's done this show, uh, Brandon and I used to talk about crypto uh, occasionally. It's one of those things like it, it's swingy, it's volatile, but uh, when it comes to a decentralized commodity, uh, Bitcoin is is digital gold, and you're going to see as it gets adopted, as it gets used, uh, that it's going to have these these. These days where it, it goes up and it goes down by quite a lot, but over the, the long-term horizon, it, it's up substantially. I still don't fully understand it, to That's be okay. honest. <laughs> yeah. I tell people, you know, if you, you don't always hold your physical dollars. You just see your bank account, but you trust that your bank has those dollars there. And as Bitcoin matures, people are going to trust that the, the science or the technology behind it is solid, even if you don't understand everything. And the draw is, unlike money where they just keep printing it, mm-hmm. there's a limited amount. It's I mean, finite. It's, just, it's finite. And so 
it's kind of like golden that way where it's finite. Mm-hmm. And so you don't have to worry about a government printing a bunch more and making the dollars you have less valuable. Taylor, you also uh, posted into our show notes an interesting story out of the University of Wisconsin system board yeah. regions. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, well, I mean, we were talking about free speech in college campuses, and I came across a story over the weekend. Uh, you know, the uh, in Wisconsin, their assembly, their state legislature is controlled by Republicans, but their governor's a Democrat and appoints the board of regents. Uh, they were holding funding for the university steady, uh, had come to an agreement with the administrators that they would uh, give them their next step increase for the University of Wisconsin. If they stopped hiring Hiring more DEI administrators and required incoming students to take a free speech class. Seems like pretty common sense stuff. And the Board of Regents at the University of Wisconsin said, we don't want more money. We would rather keep spending more on these diversity, equity, and inclusion initiatives and not require our incoming students to have free speech courses in exchange for uh, taking a cut from the legislature. So, you know, to our point, what we were talking about before, that these administrators are kind of beholden and stuck to the the woke culture of the left uh it, it's happening uh where they're they're turning down uh funding for their core mission which is to teach uh liberal thought and, and classical liberal thought on college campuses well just to play the devil's advocate on that it's uh they said it's a shame that they've denied employees their raises and almost a billion dollar investment but would that create a slippery slope? You have to think, like, what would the legislature do next? Dictate everything that we teach? So I guess you got to think a couple moves ahead there. I always see DEI as administrators. <laughs> They're not teaching anything. They are in some administrative office. All right. Hey, we have more to get to when we come back on Wake Up Mid Missouri. The news can be heavy. We're soaking a boulder. This is Wake Up Mid Missouri. back on Wake Up Mid-Missouri. It's Jennifer Bukowski filling in alongside Taylor Burks, our former Boone County Circuit Clerk. Got this crazy story to tell you about uh, involving a man. Prosecutors agree he shot the man in self-defense, but they're still trying to put him in prison. We'll tell you why, because of his unlicensed gun. Oh, so frustrating. But first, I see Brian Houseworth is in with more news updates. Yeah, we do. Uh, no charges yet, Councilor and uh, and Taylor. It's good. you're doing a fine job. Good to have you with hey, us thanks. here, as always. High uh, praise. <laughs> ab- absolutely. No, you're doing a great job, uh, as always. Um, waiting on charges. Any? We don't have a real time frame on this. Uh, expect them sometime. I would assume today. Uh, this involves the murder that took place on Typhoon Court uh, on Friday evening or early Saturday. I'm a little unclear on that from the limited information CPD has released. We do know it is a woman who. Was killed. She is 27-year-old Azaria Brownlee. Uh, she uh, she has a daughter, and they, right now there is, according to Ethany Andre, our news partner at KMIZ, who's done a fine job over the weekend covering this. There's an effort underway on GoFundMe to help pay for her funeral expenses to bury her, and just a just an absolutely mm. awful story. Um, the folks that know her describe Ms. Brownlee as a beautiful soul. This is according to what they told Ethany Andre yesterday, characterized by her caring nature, her love for her daughter. And they released purple balloons into the air. The Reverend James Gray, who's a longtime listener to our show, was there and who spoke, talked about the violence, talked about what this, this woman apparently went through, just absolutely horrible. From all indications, um, Jen and Taylor, 
this does appear to be uh, domestic violence. I don't know the details. We'll get to those specifics once charges are filed. But the fact that they are seeking first-degree murder charges, Counselor, you know better than anyone, that leads me to believe they believe there's evidence it was premeditated. <clears throat> By the way, one other note. He is not in the jail, which is interesting. Um, and could be in the hospital. We don't know. But he is... so that I Or in the interrogation he, room. Well, I don't know if he's going to be arraigned today or how that's going to work. But he is definitely not, at least at this point, in the jail. But a horrible, horrible case. That is sad. 27 is way too young, obviously, and no one it's should be homicided, allegedly. Yeah. Yes. Um, thank terrible. you for that update, thank you though. You guys have a great rest of the show. Yes. See you, Brian. Thank you, sir. So uh, this is a story out of reason, and I'm glad to live in Missouri when I read stories like this because LaShawn Craig may send, spend years behind bars because the gun he used to justifiably shoot someone was unlicensed. A New York City man is facing several years in prison after killing someone who'd broken into his apartment. But perhaps most interesting is that at his arraignment last month, prosecutors did not dispute that LaShawn Craig acted in self-defense when he fatally shot Timothy Jones. Instead, they hit Craig with several charges related to criminal possession of a weapon because he did not have a license for the handgun he used to protect himself. Which is not like, is this America? Do we not have a Second Amendment? And you were a potential victim. <laughs> Someone breaks in, so you decide to not be killed yeah. to defend yourself. Better to be judged by twelve than carried by six. Maybe a jury would nullify on this, but this is going to be a hard thing to beat because it's an easy case for the prosecutor when they have laws like this. Did he have a gun? Yes. Did he admit having a gun? Yes. Was it licensed? No. Case closed. Like. Well, this is what you said. The prosecutor has enormous power to be the gatekeeper of who even goes into Yeah, they could have been like, this guy wasn't doing any criminal activity with his gun. Yeah. We can let this one go and do some sort of deferred arrangement and be like, don't, like, okay, we have your gun. You're not getting your gun back. Mm -hmm. Don't let us see you with an unlicensed gun again and let it go. But instead... They have charged him and arraigned him on charges that could see him behind bars for several years. Like you said, thank God I live in a state where you don't have to license your rights with the state and and let them know. Um, I mean, presumably, he's not a felon or a former convicted felon who uh, has restrictions. Yeah, they're on saying that. unlicensed gun, not felon in possession of a gun in this article, at least. So Yeah. And the guy that he killed had over 20 prior arrests for grand larceny, robbery, and domestic violence, among other convictions. Well, that is something. Oh, gosh. It was a busy, fun weekend this weekend, back to Missouri. But one thing I did, we're going to go scuba diving. So we're on the verge of getting certified. All we have left to do is open water, but we went to practice with our equipment at the Hickman Pool. Have you been in the Hickman? I have not. High school swimming pool. Have you, Hannah? Hickman High School? I have not. Well, there are many places that you might want to be able to relax underwater and look at everything that's in the water and (laughs) observe its beauty. I would say that Hickman High School swimming pool is not one of those places. Not one of those places. Isn't it old? Isn't it like that? Oh, gosh. I remember there when I was in high school. There's stuff floating around in there. (laughs) 
<laughs> and it wasn't the through. Bukowskis. <laughs> yeah, there's yeah. Uh, so I'm like wondering, what is that? Is that cardboard? Is that oh no. something more nefarious? I've seen like, Caddyshack floating in the pool right now that I'm swimming through, <laughs> and I have like two hours to get ready for my company, my husband's company Christmas party when I get home. So uh-huh. yeah, definitely had to shampoo twice after getting out of that <laughs> pool. Uh, that was uh, my weekend. Funny, fun, busy weekend, though. But uh, we were talking on the break about this, Taylor. Mitt Romney, he's kind of a mixed bag sometimes, but he came out over the weekend and torched Hunter Biden for claiming that he was a victim, according to Daily Wire. He said over an interview this weekend that he benefited from his father's last name. That's why he... Uh, Biden, Hunter Biden said, well, if it wasn't for my last name, I would never have been charged. And Romney responded, well, if his name were anything other than Biden, he wouldn't have been able to bilk millions of dollars from foreign entities. So let's start there. Right. Was he really bilking? I don't know. I mean, they willingly paid him millions of dollars because of his last name. Yeah. It wasn't bilking (laughs) them out like I'm scamming you. Yeah. That's Romney's like presuming that Biden, the dad, Joe Biden, had nothing to do with this whole thing. And these aren't reputable companies that are, you know, U.S. based multinationals. These are Burisma, Chinese firms overseas that Hunter Biden made those connections after hitching a ride on Air Force Two. So these are not (laughs) multiple times but here's what romney said he he has not seen any evidence that president biden has committed high crimes and misdemeanors when they asked him about the impeachment inquiry and he said look fortunately for most people we're not responsible for the misdeeds of our kids and grandkids and great-grandkids nothing in my family i'm embarrassed about but president biden's hunter's biden's son hunter has obviously been a very unsavory person and has had some extremely damaged personal foibles including a drug habit and so forth. That's not President Biden, and we're not going to impeach someone because of the sins of their kids. Why is it not President Biden if, if there are payments that are that are going back and forth? And, like, even if he isn't directly paid, he's obviously been in on the dinners and flying the sun around and providing money to your whole family, none of whom seem to have a real job, by the way. right. That is a benefit to President Biden himself, like him, his largesse and being able to provide income to all of his family. Well, and he's been the biggest defender of who Mitt Romney says is an unsavory character. Joe Biden defends Hunter Biden every every turn. <laughs> the smartest guy he's ever met. <laughs> and, you know, he, when you're the big guy and, and take your cut, uh, but we're not allowed to ask questions, that's... Uh, that's pretty telling about the the D.C. swamp that, that Mitt Romney lives in. Yeah, that's the thing. I think there's so many ways that the big guy could be getting his cut. There were in- indications from the laptop that Hunter was paying for repairs on Joe's Rehoboth Beach mm. House. Mm. Like there are ways besides here's a check with memo from Chinese <laughs> oligarch to big guy. <laughs> yeah, for the big guy for your participation in setting up that relationship after my flight on Air Force Two. Like. There are ways that he could get yeah. financially benefited. And the fact that all of these relatives, what is it, 10 relatives are looking at now that got different The Biden monies? crime family. I don't yeah. know how many are in it. That's a benefit to you that your yeah. whole family is enriched from your position and you're using the name uh, Biden to make that happen. It's it's so third world and embarrassing that these people are in the White House right now. Um, yeah. What are your thoughts, Anna? 
Yeah, it's just a little bit of a bleep show. I can't. I don't know if I can fully express <laughs> how I'm really feeling, uh, but it's it's the hot mess express. And hot mess express. Yeah. All you can really do is laugh because I'm just to that point of not knowing what else to do. Shake my head. I mean, yeah, lots of head shaking this year. Fortunately, we get another presidential election year next year. So all those ads, all those phone calls. But uh, Barack Obama taught us this. Elections have consequences, and we're living in one of those consequences now. And have we seen Obama out there endorsing Biden? He barely no. did it last time, very yeah. reluctantly. Like, what does Obama know that we see, obviously? But I think that's an interesting dynamic right there. It seems like his people are running things, but... He doesn't seem to be a big Biden fan. Only time you see him is when he's out in the out in the surf on his paddleboard anymore. Hey, when I'm retired, I hope to have access to those resources and <laughs> do what I want when I want. <laughs> Certainly, yeah. But uh, I think it's interesting how he does weigh in on some things, but he wasn't really on the trail for Biden, and he's not pushing it now. Pushing I mean, him now, but he do doesn't have a primary. Really. Well, Mitt Romney was the guy who just said the other day he wouldn't rule out voting for Biden. So it's like, well, of course, uh, okay, Romney said that. 20, 2020, 2012 wasn't bad enough on you there, I guess, Mitt. But yeah. Whatever, huh? Wow. Well, they are flooding um, Cambridge with billboards demanding for the Claudine Gay, the president of Harvard, to um, step down. And she is not so far, unlike the Penn president, but... Uh, fire gay, fire kid sounds. Oh gosh, that last name must be something else to go through. <laughs> Doctor Gay is uh, her name. Oh no! I had a. I mean, so I served in the Navy for a number of years. Uh, I had a sailor whose last name was Gay, and and heard all the jokes on his behalf or for him. I always feel bad for somebody that uh, gets gets stuck with that. Well, yeah, there's a judge on the Southern District Court of Appeals, oh, yeah. Jennifer Grocock. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, if Prince's last name had been Grocock, I'm not sure whether or not I would have switched the last name to Jennifer Grocock. <laughs> well, think of the uh, Chiefs football player. It, it's Willie Gay, right? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, there are. That is a last name, but one that you're always going to have to have uh, thick skin and just take the jokes. As, like, everyone's going to comment on that. But it's yeah, like Fox News six was foot a, nine or whatever. People are going to be always commenting on it. Unmitigated disaster. Gay needs to resign. The MIT president also in the same boat. Well, do as they? The, or are we just canceling people? Let's talk about that <laughs> as we wrap up the show. When we come back on Wake Up Mid Missouri on the Zimmer Radio Network. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. Telling you what you want to hear since 2015. This is Wake Up Mid-Missouri. And we're back. Wake Up Mid-Missouri. It's Jennifer Bukowski sitting in as well as former Boone County Circuit Clerk Taylor Burks. And uh, before we hand it over to Gary Nolan, the one and only... We're going to wrap things up on some of these stories. Taylor, what is next on our plate? Yeah, uh, we were talking about the MIT and and, uh, Harvard president calls for their resignation after their testimony. Uh, And so pretty uh, still dealing with the fallout from their congressional testimony. So uh, let me ask you, though, is that cancel culture? Like they said they testified last week. They didn't like the way that they testified and the way that they've been handling the mm-hmm. pro-Palestinian protesters. 
So you're calling for them to be fired. That was a movement that was started on the left, canceling and firing people mm-hmm. on the right. And we complained about cancel culture. Is it cancel culture to call for the resignations of these college presidents? What yeah, and, and you and I were talking about this over the break, too. Like, uh, I think that when you are speaking for an institution and your donors say you you don't represent the views that I'm giving to the institution for, I, I don't want to support that thought. I don't want to support your leadership in the area. Um, I, I think that that's uh, a reasonable thing, at least a, a market-based uh, movement to uh, align leadership with donor values. And in this case, like if you are allowing anti-Jewish protests calling for genocide on your campus and can't speak against that, that's something that I'm, I'm willing to say, hey, you know, I'm, I, you can have that opinion, but you can't be the president of this institution if I'm going to give you a hundred million dollars or, or whatever those numbers are. And the other thing, I mean, it, Scott Fawn said it earlier, uh, this is the left eating the left. Uh, you know, uh, Jewish donors and voters in America overwhelmingly support Democrats and liberal policies. And this is an area where Democrats and liberal policies are not aligning with values of the Jewish community in America or globally. So uh, this is what comes around whenever you uh, elevate that reaction to any opinion that you don't agree with. Yes, I, I would agree with that. But like our I would need to know more context. To be fair, Claudine Gay said I would need to know more context whether it violates the code to call for the genocide. Because if you're just chanting from the river to the sea, Palestine must be free. That is actually in actuality mm-hmm. saying eliminate the Jews from Israel. But the chant itself on the surface level isn't calling for the death of anyone. And if you're not well informed on like that Middle East area and the freedom of religion that's not enjoyed by anyone else in that whole region, you might not understand that if that were to occur, that would result in the elimination of the Jews. But you're just, they're assuming that, oh, everyone can be free to move about all of the entire area of Israel without giving them Gaza or whatnot, and it can be fine and peace and harmony and have multiple religions there like we do here. Uh Uh-huh. Not not what's going to happen over there, and, and college students don't have any awareness of what that is. Do you is. think? Yeah. Do you think yeah. that when they're chanting that they realize that or like understand or that agree it's a with it? Call even. for genocide. Yeah. And I think was it Rashida Tlaib from Michigan who tweeted uh, from the river to the sea uh, and got a huge amount of blowback from. Uh, pro-Israeli or, or just, I think, reasonable people who recognize everybody that, from Chuck Schumer on down. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and and not dissimilar from like these neo-Nazi tattoos or symbols that if you, you don't know that eight eight is a reference to Adolf Hitler, you know, Hitler being I never heard that either yeah eight eight is like a super lucky number the chinese love two eights together well my number my phone number starts with 881 so uh it's i'm not gonna put it on the air but it's uh one of those things that if you are not aware and you see somebody with a a tattoo that says 88 it's it's the the hitler being the eight are you sure uh absolutely sure that's like two eights together is i think considered very lucky it's a lucky number in asian culture yeah especially two of them put together okay so they want the phone they want your phone number they would yeah. love to have your phone number <laughs> they like sell phone numbers you can if, see sheets we were there you can see sheets listing all these different phone numbers for sale right and the ones with the two eights together cost the most money yeah so i guess they all love hitler yeah. or they think gates <laughs> well, are lucky eight, yeah they the tattoo eight eight Taylor, if I'm not mistaken, and that for HH, which yep. stands for Isle Hitler. That's right. That's exactly right.
So I did not know that. Uh, Nazi tattoos or neo-Nazi symbols. Those are sorts of things where if, if you don't know it, you can inadvertently, if you're flashing 8-8, Jen, you could be a Nazi sympathizer. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got three sixes in my phone number, so I get crap about that. It didn't occur to me yeah. all the time. Well, it's been a pleasure being here. Gary Nolan is up next, and I'll be on Gary Nolan tomorrow at 1030 as well. So tune in for that.